We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. TickPick should be your first choice to buy basketball tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees, ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Laker Film Room Podcast and Blue Wire Network. What do you think about the Laker team now? You follow the box scores of the games every day? Just the Lakers. You're kidding. That is really a compliment. I was pleased to see you smile at the top of our show because once the game starts, you have a game face. You don't smile much out there. I don't think you have to do things for money anymore. Correct. What's up, Laker fans? Welcome to the Laker Film Room Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Pete, joined by Darius. No mic today. And as may continue, we got a, a couple more Lakers entering health and safety protocols yesterday. It was Russell Westbrook and Avery Bradley, although we did get some good news about Malik Monk, that he returned a couple of negative tests and should be back in the fold. We also got some news that the Lakers are planning to sign Isaiah Thomas to the hardship exception. D, this is something that's by the time this pod is released, we could have two more guys, right? Like this is a, a fluid situation. But right now, the Lakers are down to 11 players. If you're wondering what would it take for games to be postponed or canceled, the threshold for that is eight players. So we're still a couple of guys away, although, again, that could happen any day, right? And so the biggest loss within that from a basketball perspective is Russell Westbrook. That's a 35-minute-per-game player uh, someone that I think that probably facilitated that news probably facilitated the Isaiah Thomas signing. We're down a few ball handlers between Russ and THT and none. What are your thoughts on it's It's hard to reevaluate the situation, you know, day by day of what this Lakers team is, but what what's your reaction to the news of yesterday? I mean, the Lakers are down two more starters and with THT out, they're down three. As much as we lament the starting lineup at times, THT, Avery Bradley, and Russell Westbrook, those are your starting point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. And they've played pretty well, that group. So yes. in a small sample, but they've played well. Well, because they are starting to get that chemistry, right? And they're starting to understand. And we talked about this um, a pot or two ago about those I, that idea of, of reps and LeBron sort of thirsting for more reps and calling that out as yeah. something that he wanted to get with this group because as they get those reps they will learn and they will start to play better and that will domino for them and on and on and on and so losing russ is obviously a big deal one of the reasons why the lakers got a three like why they did all the maneuvering in order to get a third star was to compensate 
for having one guy go out, but Russ is he's been super durable. He hasn't missed a game this year. He's been in the lineup every single night. And that idea of consistency and even though his play has been a little bit up and down, but more up than I think he's been getting credit for, like it's a big loss. He is a massive shot creator. He is the driver um, or a driver of the style of play the Lakers are trying to accomplish. It's going to be tricky to quote unquote, replace him. You're not really going to replace him. It's more going to have to be a by committee approach. And yeah, I think that's what it's going to end up looking like because, again, I, I suspect that Rajon Rondo will be in the mix. Our offense is very much predicated on individual shot creation, right? We're not that much of a system team. We'll run sets and we run and, – and some nice ones this year. I, I think that we've made progress on our offense and still have a ways to go, but it's still predicated on there being a, a single guy or a couple of guys on the court that can create a shot for other players and with – Russ going out, but also THT, none being out, even though none is just a, a concept to a large uh, extent. A lot of what I think will be when when we're healthy will be a, a strength of this team is the collective ball handling and shot creation from not just the primary guys, but even your secondary guys like none and THT. We don't have that either. And so I think Rondo becomes especially important during this, but it's also probably not a great idea to ask him to go from DNPs to, oh, you're going to fill 35 minutes a night the way that Russell no, Westbrook they can't does. do that, man. They can't do that. And so that's, I suspect, do you think IT is going to play? I think he is. I think that part of like distributing Russ's minutes would be kind of a, a half and half or a two thirds, one third mix between Rondo and IT. I thought it was for sure before the news of Monk being like clearing mm, the pro protocols, right? Mm-hmm. Like Monk has played... He's done some ball handling. Remember when the Lakers didn't have any ball handling at all, uh-huh. Monk ended up getting some shifts as sort of that that de facto, hey, bring the ball up, pass it to this guy. Run and some pick and cut, rolls, which right? you can do. Yes. And, and so I have a piece up at Silver Screen and Roll about just the general nature of the team right now and how injuries, the injuries that the Lakers have faced this season in – a weird and sort of sad way for the Lakers have prepped them to have guys out. And so a line I used in, in that piece is that the first two months of the season has basically been a crash course in next man up mentality for this team. And this is now a final exam of sorts (laughs) when it comes to that. Sure. In a way, this is normal for us and has been, you could even go back to last season to, to when AD went down really since then, the amount of time that we've had, most of our guys has been it's it been very uh, it's been very rare where that's been the case and so in some ways we are prepared to do this and i think that's the point of, of your piece it is and i think another point of of it is is that you're now asking lebron and ad to sort of fall back into roles that should be familiar to them as a two-star team i don't want to minimize or diminish how Russ has played this year because I think that he's actually played well and probably has not gotten enough credit for how he's played individually. I I would wonder what the perception of him would be had if we didn't account for the preseason, right? There's so much hype and so much like, what is this going to look like? And he starts the preseason looking like he barely knows how to play basketball. You remember that, right? Like it wasn't like, oh, scheme and fit and things like that. It's like, oh, Russ can't dribble. Like Russ can't, Russ is 
can't pass the ball. It's things that Russ can do, he wasn't able to do. And I think that, you know, that saying about first impressions and, and how they last. Yeah. I really think that the way we talk about the Russ fit so far would be different had that not happened. But then again, the Lakers record is what it is. It but is. In, par- in large part be- because of the injuries, but he's the easy guy to, to blame for that. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not going to go on a media rant right now, but to be generous to general coverage, it is hard to get into the weeds and provide all of the context every single time you're going to talk about the Lakers because you don't have 10-minute news segments about an update on the Lakers every single time, right? Or we're going to talk about the Lakers. Let's dive deep into how the lineup data works and, and, and all of this stuff. And so it's much easier to fall back onto preconceived notions about, well, I think that For sure. the Russ and LeBron pairing is going to be rough. And so, oh, hey, look, the Lakers, Lakers are record is 500. This. It, it and, must be the thing that I yes. thought wanted to blame it on. Right. Or Anthony Davis is shooting 12% on three-pointers. He's, <laughs> right. clearly, he's clearly the problem when in reality it is so much more complicated than that. You don't get to the point where the Lakers are what they are considering what their talent base is, right? And we can talk about where some of their role players are deficient or not, but actually not having several of those guys or not having three guys who you projected to be as starters or now not having LeBron James for half of the season at one point and him not playing in more than three games at a time until just a week ago. So there is all of this context that just gets lost. And, and so I don't want to do that with Russ right now. But to bring it back to the point, you have to integrate him. You have to uh, you have to adapt to having him in the lineup. And LeBron and AD have muscle memory on playing without this dude. They yeah. know what it's like to be like, oh, we're going to run two-man game with two shooters and uh, maybe even another big man on the court. We know what all of these scenarios look like because we've had two seasons, and right. a, including a championship run with – us together playing this same exact style, right? And, and Vogel can sort of point them in that direction yes. and they can be that triumvirate of, we know what this looks like. Let's go back and try some of that again. You can even include Rajan Rondo into that equation of they know what it's like to play with him. And I, that's one of the things I'm looking forward to in this stretch with with Rondo is his chemistry with AD, I think will be helpful. But to your point, the main guy, because we we've lost all of these whether it's Taylor and Nunn on their, uh, you know, Taylor resigned and then Nunn on the, the mid-level exception, and then several vet minimum guys, we still have LeBron and AD. And the foundation of what we are and what we've been is still there. And then that ex- that other guy, I, I keep bring, bringing it back to Rondo because he's going to have the ball in his hands, and that's a very important role on, on any team, but this one in particular that's so individual shot creation-centric. But the good news is that there is that muscle memory. There is that familiarity with each other that I think that in the in context of LeBron and AD running the show, having a third guy on the court, too, that they have some degree of familiarity with, uh, I think is important. And that's why I think Rondo's going to start. I don't know that. But let's take a quick break and talk some lineups because we got a lot of figuring out to do. Lakers basketball is finally back. And there's no need to exhaust yourself by searching all over the internet to find Lakers tickets anymore. Because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site. 
and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NBA tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all their NBA tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices on the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in purchase price. I'm excited to see this Lakers squad get out in transition this year, and there's nothing like seeing a great fast-breaking team in person. Visit TickPick.com slash LFR today and use promo code LFR to save $10 on your first order of Lakers tickets. Are you looking for ways to skip the trip to the post office and dodge all that hectic holiday shopping traffic? Why not save time and money with Stamps.com? Stamps.com lets you compare rates, print labels, and access exclusive discounts on UPS and USPS services all year long. It just makes sense, especially if your business sends more mail and packages during the holidays. Whether you're selling online or running an office or side hustle, Stamps.com can save you so much time, money, and stress during the holidays. Access all the post office and UPS shipping services you need without taking the trip and get discounts you can't find anywhere else, like up to 40% off USPS rates and 76% off UPS. Save time and money this holiday season with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code FILMROOM for a special offer that includes a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and enter the code FILMROOM. So it's interesting, Pete, that you think that Rondo's going to start. I actually don't know if Frank can functionally start Rajon Mm. Rondo. The Lakers have, like, even with Monk being back, you're going to have to stagger LeBron and Rondo a fair amount. I I just don't think you're going to be able to say we can have lineups without one of those dudes on the floor at, at any give, given time. So starting them both then gets complicated. It complicates things, right? This doesn't mean that they can't play together at all, but starting them guarantees that they're very likely to play at least 12 minutes together. Sure. This game. And how many minutes can you play Rondo at all? That's that's actually my legit question for you is how many minutes do you think Rondo can go over the course of 10 days? 20 minutes a night on average. Like I think some games that might be 18, some days it might be 28. But over the course of a week and a half, his minutes should be in around the 20 minute range. And I feel like LeBron is probably going to play 35 to 40 minutes. Like the team is that shorthanded. And so you have to find 10 to 12 minutes a game where you need somebody on the court to facilitate offense and be like, this dude can at least organize us. One of the things I wrote in my post at Silver Screen is that I think that you need to play Rondo in those non-LeBron minutes with Anthony Davis. Like, he has chemistry with with AD. You can at least run pick and rolls or have that be, or have his chemistry with, with AD be a pillar of what your offensive attack is supposed to look like, right? And on the flip side of that, I would be subbing DeAndre Jordan for Anthony Davis, right? And having LeBron play with DeAndre and sort of be like, okay, well, here's your pick and roll partner, at least. And we're going to have to simplify things a fair amount. You flank those guys with shooters and say, okay, well, Bron and DeAndre, you get Monk and Mello. And Rondo and AD, you get Reeves and... Ellington, yeah. 
and you mix those groups up and you stagger them, but you have to try to find uh, like three and four man groupings that are sort of just like, okay, well, this is what that's going to look like for us. And obviously you started with the foundation of this is my starting group. But after that, you need to build functional lineups within a rotation over the course of at least 40 minutes of those four 48 minutes. You can try to steal two minutes here, two minutes there, but you can't steal 15 minutes, right? Like you can't say, hey, we got no ball handling on the court except for Reeves and Monk. Well, we've seen that throughout the year, too, where what Vogel has done in these and this is in in large and this is largely a no-win situation for a coach, but what we've seen Vogel do is try to preserve other lineups and then put out survival Frankenstein lineups for yeah. two, three minutes at a time, just like, can we get through this? Can we get this period of time? And those groups usually get killed in short order. Uh, so we'll see if he continues that approach. But I think that your point about LeBron and Rondo and how their minutes are staggered is important. And so I think that we can use LeBron's normal rotation as a basis for where Rondo can play, because that's a, a strong point that we need to ha- probably have either of them on the floor with the caveat that what can IT do right away it's probably a big ask and then i think the bigger asks there is like defensively what is that is it fighting over screens you know i think i think vogel's bigger questions right now are on the defensive end on what he needs to do in losing tht losing bradley in particular even russ russ is very much dependent on to be a back pressure guard a guy who can win physical battles right so that on on the defensive end actually before we get to the defensive end Let's talk LeBron's rotation real quick. LeBron has a very set schedule of when he plays and when he doesn't. And I doubt that even under the current circumstances, we deviate from that too much. But I do think that it's something that we can build around rotation wise, you know, during this period of time. LeBron usually goes out around the three or three thirty mark of the first quarter comes back in to start the second quarter at you know at the 12 minute mark then goes back out again around the seven minute mark six minute mark takes a couple minutes comes back in around the four minute mark and so making sure rondo is on the court during those stretches if you bring rondo off of the bench that's rondo would be the sub for him at that three minute mark and then probably you you have to navigate it in terms of when he goes back out again around the six minute mark of the second quarter. But there is a way to do that. You may have convinced me that Rondo is off the bench is the better way to to build it out because it would be more difficult to do that if he started. If I were Frank, I would look at this as sort of like a hybrid 2019-20 starting group and 2019-20 like playoff group. Okay. And what I mean by that is AD is going to start at center which is an idea that came out more during the playoffs than during the regular season. But LeBron's going to start at point guard. And what we need in those lineups is a certain amount of defense and shooting. In KCP, order to Danny fill. Green type yes, of backcourt. Right? And so that's why I'm looking at, okay, well, let's give him a shooter. So Wayne, Wayne's been starting anyway. Let's give him a little bit of defense and maybe another sort of quasi ball ball handler. Let's give him Austin Reeves. And now let's give him some modicum of like toughness or go out there and try hard ability. And to me, that's probably Kent Bazemore. Mm. Right. And then I'm looking off of the bench then with Malik Monk, Mello, Rondo, and DeAndre I feel like 
that's where you start to fill in lineups around those bench units where the pillar is always one star. And then how can we fill in around that, right? And so then I'm looking at, all right, well, LeBron is in the game. We got DeAndre. Maybe we have Melo. Maybe we've got Monk or Monk and Reeves because LeBron and Reeves have good chemistry, especially in that sort of like guard, pick and roll, short roll, roll action. And then you can have Rondo and Wayne and AD and whoever's left over, right? Like, like there's just a certain amount of, all right, well, we just have to hodgepodge this and make it work. But I think you really have to go back to point guard LeBron. And there might be six or seven minutes during the entire game where he plays with Rondo and that's his rest. And it's like LeBron, AD and Rondo is sort of this, this, Hey, 2019-20 finals, like, this group works sort sort, sort of idea. Um, give Braun some off-ball reps, let him get in the post a little bit more, yada, 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 right? But there's a way to piece it together, but it's it's hard, and you're asking a lot of these guys. It is, and I'm hoping Rondo Rondo's either on or off in terms of his productivity. To, when I watch him, he's either the worst player in the league or capable of dominating four minute stretches. He's like, I I will never again make the mistake of doubting Rondo's capability, but but the, will he do it right now during this 10 game stretch? Like he has it in him. Will he, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You're going to give Popeye a spinach or not. Right. And so (laughs) exactly, exactly. So I, I hope, we could use him. We, we could really use the, the help right now and what he brings to the table. So let's take another quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk about kind of your expectations for the weekend. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So we find ourselves in another one of these situations where we're down a ton of guys. Again, that's not the first time this has happened this season. What can we learn from the previous times this year where we've been down a lot of guys that we can apply to this this situation? I'm mostly just looking at like resiliency and how together the group stays. Like there most guys and I think this is true especially of of close teams. There's always a circle the wagons mentality when guys start to like, oh, we've got a bunch of guys out or star X is out or whatever. And I hope to see that from this team. And I expect that we will see it from this team. LeBron is big on momentum and the Lakers have some of that. 
right now for the first time. I would not be surprised to see him say like, no, we're not going to let go of that just because. Yeah, we're down some guys, but I'm LeBron James. And I still got Anthony Davis. There's yeah. Anthony Davis right there. Like, I don't care who, what's going on. Like, we're going to make it work. This is where, though, I think that the bigger ask to me is what's going to happen with the role players, Pete. Like, I'd love, love, love a couple of these role players to just say, you've got my full attention. It's an opportunity for them. I am locked There's, in from a mental, but from a mental standpoint, I'm, yes. I, I'm looking for them to be locked in from a mental standpoint. It's one thing to go out there and shoot the ball well or make a highlight play or two. I'm talking about like, are you making your are you making your defensive rotations? Are you crashing down in order to pinch and sandwich rebound? Are you running back in transition? Wayne Ellington had a great transition breakup. Oh, that play. was such a good. I really we'll talk more about him. Wayne, I like Wayne kind of on the defensive end like he's got weaknesses and he's going to lose athletic battles and foot speed battles, but he plays defense like a responsible adult. Yes. And you can work with that and like he that was a great play where he just busted his ass down court and got that deflection and that saved the That helped save the game. That it helped did. save the game. Yes. That was in we, we would have lost the game if oh, he didn't if, make that play. If they get a layup right there the game is functionally over. Yes. And so there is a certain amount of that's a I'm dialed in play. The ball changed yes. ends and Wayne was dialed in and he busted his ass. And yeah, he and got he's that. not the fastest guy, but he's he got, not. But he got but on you don't his need horse. To be. Mm -hmm. No, he got on his horse and he ran as hard as he could, and he made the play that was there to to be made. And there is a certain amount of that that the role players are going to need to have in them, and that is to me as much as we're going to ask of them physically. It's to me way more of a mental ask. Like the thing that you noted Great about point. Rondo, that's not is my body up to it. It's like, is my mind going to trick Although my in body? His agent, maybe some of the is my body up to it too. It is, it is, but I've also seen him yeah, go from sure. <laughs> like, I don't give a damn to like, oh, it's suddenly a game winning possession. And so I'm going to go and try my ass off. And he yeah. has flipped that switch in games after a possession, like one possession to the next. It's like, oh, suddenly I'm I'm here. Yeah, no, here's like, <laughs> yeah, like, no, bro, you were on the court this entire time. Right. And so there's a certain amount of. You know what's needed of of you. And there are times where your your mind has to trick your body into actually going out there and doing it. If your body is not or if your mind is not there present in that moment you're not going to make those those plays and so for me what i'm looking for over this stretch isn't about wins and losses right now it's more about like hold on to the rope hold yeah. on to that mental sharpness because that's what's gotten you to this point where you have this momentum in the first place yeah we've been building that that's a, a super important point i think that that's the leadership of lebron and anthony davis is going to be really important on in that respect. I also think defensively, we have some problems that we'll need to solve. And in terms of mental sharpness, you could get the ment most mentally sharp versions of Malik Monk, Rajan Rondo, Wayne Ellington, and Isaiah Thomas. And you're still talking about a really bad defensive guard core. I, I hate to keep beating the dead horse, especially in context of us playing better defense lately, especially since uh, since we've made the lineup changes. But I think we need to play a great deal of zone during this stretch. 
in part to save guys' legs. There are going to be certain guys along with everything that are used to playing two shifts that have to play three or four. And there's a, you know, a lot of those guys are shooters too, where by the end of the game, you know, the legs of chasing guys over the top of screens yeah. combined with 25, 30 minutes, all of a sudden those guys aren't hitting shots anymore. I think Mello becomes important. He hasn't played 25 minutes plus since Thanksgiving or something like yeah. that. It's been a while, right? Mm -hmm. And so that that type of management, we've got a, a lot of our guys that are left are not our best defenders. And we signed a, another poor defender in IT. And so the mind may be willing at first, but if we're giving up 20 points in the first six minutes of the game, that you'll start to see a cascading effect, which the last time we played the Minnesota Timberwolves, we were in a similar position. That was a game where we started AD and four guards. It, like Avery was our starting four in that game. And so this is a similar game where we don't want that to happen again, right? It's one thing to lose a game under these circumstances, but I think your point about losing the rope is important as well in that it's like how we play win or loss yeah. and we we can't have another minnesota game we, that we did last time we can't take those types of steps back and i think the defensive end is important in in making sure that doesn't happen no the defense frank's gonna have to smoke and mirrors this a little bit and he is yeah. going to have to junk, junk it, up. it up yeah and i i'm sure he doesn't like that that's not his favorite right um but he's gonna have to do a little bit of that i have a name for you what do you think of shawnee brown Right. And, and so <laughs> so you had advocated for him a little bit. Right. Um, when the Lakers looked a little bit more lifeless and Shondi's a energy guy. He is a as Mike has said, he's a tryhard sort mm -hmm. of player. And you were talking earlier about saving guys' legs and um, extending two shifts to three or three shifts to four. One way you mitigate extending three shifts to four is giving one guy one shift sure i'm not advocating for brown right like i'd much rather extend bays for two or three shifts because bays is an nba rotation player and he's gonna have to play what do you think of brown like the lakers are down to nine functional nba players and then two two-way guys and then isaiah who is on a 10-day so it's not like shandy's been around the team since sure training camp he should have a little bit more institutional knowledge than it does even though it's a 10 or 12 year veteran or or whatever he is so so what do you think about sean d and do you think he should see a shift or two i do and it's funny the first game that i went to and talking about seeing things in person versus seeing them on tv one of the first things i noticed you know i walked out to the court first time in a couple of years it felt great and it was bay's DJ and Shondi working out. And and I was like, oh, Shondi's shorter than Bayes. I've mentioned this before on the pod. And so that kind of altered my long-term perception of him. But right now, I think he's a great replacement for Avery and THT. There's a certain physicality that's needed on the wing. And even though he is six four and a half or so, he is a strong guy and he, you know, will get up in you and he's got that motor. He is that try hard type of player that in context of all of the other guys that we have available, like we need Malik Monk and Rondo and Ellington and, uh, and it, and if he plays, we need all those guys to try hard, but what that 
what they will be capable of doing when they're trying hard is not going to be all that much on the defensive end. And so having a physical player in that position that will run the floor, that will eat up minutes. And even I, if he's going to play one shift, he might as well play two. Mm-hmm. And if that sh- saves two other players from making that two two shifts to three shifts or three shifts to four shifts type of jump, then that's a good thing. That's something that preserves all around. So I do think that he should be, especially being down both Avery and THT, I think that's the spot that he like naturally uh, fits into. Is that where you're at too? Yeah, I'm sort of like, I'm more feeling the game out in the first half, maybe not going to Shondi. And then if things look a certain way in the first half that he's sort of in my back pocket as a, like you're talking to him on the side yeah. right right before halftime ends and saying, hey, man, be ready. I may be calling your number in this third quarter, right? Because there is a certain amount of juice that this team is going to need at any given point over this next stretch of games when all of these guys are out. And you can get that juice from a lot of different places. You can get it from a Malik Monk flurry of three-pointers you can get it from lebron and ad just being lebron and ad you can get it from rondo deciding like hey it's 2010 again and i'm just going to go out there and have an all-star connection with deandre jordan and throw a couple of lobs right like there's a lot of different ways that that can catch but one way it can definitely catch is a dude just running around like a tasmanian devil and saying like oh yeah loose ball that's my loose ball i'm on the ground now i'm drawing a charge I'm leaking out and getting a dunk and Brown sort of has that energy to him and saying like, go give me five good minutes and play the hardest you could possibly play. That's where I might use, use him more than I'm planning him and slotting him in to, to a place. But, but as a THT Bradley avatar, someone that is like, go out there and play some hard, hard defense for me. I definitely see that in him too. Yeah, fight over some screens, do stuff like that. I think that's a good point because there's going to be a certain degree of, and Vogel and his staff has had to do this for most of the season, a certain degree of what are we tonight? We know what we are throughout the season in terms of the identity that we're pursuing and going for. But with all of these injuries and all of these players out, like you said, Russell Westbrook has played in every single game. So he fundamentally, his absence fundamentally changes this team and what this team does. So there will be a, a point at the beginning of the game where they're searching in a degree of trial and error of what is this team right now? What is it tonight? That I, I could see that exactly that exact scenario playing out of this. There are certain things that will work. There are certain things that will not. And then by the second half or even the second game over the course of this weekend, because this is going to be our situation for a few days at the very least, yeah. that, okay, we're going to try this differently. So I, I hope there's some degree of patience and 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 grace from fans especially you know right now during this stretch that we've seen a little bit of positivity and like them moving in the right direction i do think that it's fair to ask them to play hard and to have attentiveness and all of that and they may do all of that d and may ultimately lose both games this weekend yeah and so before we wrap do you have any any quick thoughts about the matchups with Minnesota? Like we had talked about like Russ potentially being a key defensive player against like Anthony Edwards. And I'm wondering now, are there are there any wrinkles that you can think of like off the top top of your head that you would like to see deployed in that sort of 
this isn't the script, but now we have a new script that we have to write. And, and so are there any things that you might be looking forward to in this specific game tonight? <laughs> I, th- I think that we may need to go big. I think DJ may need to uh, play a few more minutes. Now, I don't know if that's starting lineup. I would I think that with the absence of Russ, starting DJ becomes less egregiously bad. He pr- I probably wouldn't start him, but there is a certain degree of, if you watched that game against Minnesota, how they made that comeback, there was a certain realization from them that they're like, oh, the Lakers are lifeless. We're just going to go to the rim. We're just going to attack the rim because aside from Edwards, aside from Cat, who kicked our ass in, in that second half, and Edwards was mostly quiet throughout that game. That wasn't a big Edwards game, despite the fact that they blew us out. But also Vanderbilt is, I, I, I'm a big fan of his. They're, they've got all these guys that are athletic that can get to the rim. And even if it's just off of an offensive board, and I don't think that AD at the five all the time is the answer to kind of the, I would imagine that that is their game plan is, Hey, remember last time we played there, we just attacked the basket. We crashed the boards. They couldn't or didn't do anything about it. We're going to overwhelm them with athleticism. So I think that going that playing bigger this weekend is, and losing Russ, like Russ is such a central figure in the AD at the five lineups to me because he can win those physical battles and be kind of a stand in big man mm-hmm. on a lot of aspects of the game, defensive rebounding, filling the dunker spot, which he's been wonderful at. There's all these just little things that you need from a big man that makes AD at the five, the right idea, you know, in my opinion for, for bigger stretches than it has been in the past. So in his absence, more of those questions pop up. So I do think that ironically going a little bit bigger this weekend is the best of a lot of bad options but that would also be included with playing more zone like deandre jordan against cat picking and popping is a recipe for disaster delo has got that pull-up jumper uh, edwards obviously he hit 10 threes the other night so i think there's a certain degree of you have to account for the ramifications of playing a slower footed bigger lineup but i do think we need to go bigger what comes up to mind for you in terms of what like how we can adjust uh, for these games this weekend so first of all great point about playing DeAndre more and maybe even seeing DeAndre and AD lineups combined, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One of the reasons why you don't play two bigs is because Russ is essentially a big and LeBron essentially is a big. So now you've got four bigs that batter on the floor, (laughs) right? And so now it's just like LeBron. And again, this is though the 2019-20 formula. It's like, hey, we can play LeBron two shooters, And two bigs if one of the bigs is Anthony Davis because he can do a lot of different stuff. One thing that I will be interested in seeing, and this may happen especially if the Lakers do play two bigs and Cat and Edwards are in the game, is LeBron on Cat, AD on Anthony Edwards, and DeAndre on that other biggish sort of player like your Vanderbilt type the Vanderbilt's the non-shooting sort of Reed. player mm-hmm. and sort of seeing if LeBron does well taking on those sort of big dude matchups defensively I think that he prides himself on saying you ain't posted me up I'm much stronger than pretty much everyone in the entire damn league save for like the true giants of the game, like an Embiid or someone like that, right? But even or him, I can beat you. To, I can beat you to the spot too. Yeah. yeah, and so I'll be very interested in seeing if the Lakers say, "Yeah, well, oh, you're going to run Ant, Cat, pick and rolls." Well, guess what? Not when we got LeBron and AD in that action, and we're just going to switch it. You've got now Braun on Ant and 
AD switch back to Cat if the original matchup was flip flop, sure. right? Like, sure. I think Vogel's going to have to get a little bit creative. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he sees minutes on on a wing. We saw AD guard Paul George a little bit during the Clippers game earlier this season. There's stuff like that that I think is going to be like, all right, Frank's going to go into his bag of tricks a little bit, and that's something I'd be looking into in this specific matchup to try to mitigate what the Wolves are doing offensively. Yeah, I, I love that. And I think that that's something that we've seen more and more of that from Frank and that kind of hybrid and trying to end up with AD on the perimeter on a switch and using LeBron to do five-ish type of things on defense. I think long-term, even in this current circumstance, that's something that's a long-term goal of us that can be applied, that can be improved, that we can get the reps on that LeBron talked about. So should be an interesting weekend. Who knows if this is the squad we have at the end of the weekend, but this has been uh, the way of life for the Lakers for for quite some time now. But got to keep your head up. Got to stay resilient. We will be back on Monday to cover how it goes. But until then, you've been listening to Laker Film Room Podcast. We'll catch you guys next time. Baines has got it in low to McHale. McHale wants to turn his double team. Just pass out of front, broken up by Worthy. Tip to Magic. Worthy dies on his belly. Magic scores. There's Magic, got it. Magic fires, it's in, and the Lakers win the game! The Lakers win the game! Three seconds left, Van Eck to the winner, it's on the way, good! Bryant, 48 points, 16 rebounds, with his eighth block shot that ties an NBA Finals record. A lot of Laker fans okay, sticking so around for this. You're seeing something that's very rare indeed. A Laker to get MVP chance right, in, Boston. in Boston. Of all places. Are you kidding me? Kobe. Hard to believe. Are you kidding me? Unreal. Are you kidding me? Lakers looking to push. Bryant spinning in the lane. Back for Gasol. Pretty pass. And it's back to a three-point game. Kobe Bryant picked up by Bell. There's the move. Two. Listen. It's over. Shot clock out of five. Bryant. Yes. And that was a little tough to Alvin Gentry. That insult to injury, Kobe. I mean, what a shot. I mean, you can't defend that. Are you kidding me? 2.1 seconds remaining. Denver a foul to give. Jokic trying to disrupt Rondo. He puts it in. Here's Davis. 4-3 in the win. Oh, it's good. Anthony Davis has won it for the Lakers. James again. Oh, he hits another one. LeBron James putting together a closing quarter against the Nuggets. This historic 2020 NBA championship belongs to the Los Angeles Lakers. The Lakers conquer the bubble, and banner number 17 will soon hang in the rafters.